The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Money in Your Life, the radio program that gives you the insight and motivation to be more successful with all aspects of your personal finances. Your hosts are Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. Today's program will feature experts and intriguing ideas that will show you how money is actually operating in your life. Now, here are Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. Good morning and welcome to Money in Your Life, a weekly show about money and its influence in our daily lives. I'm Ann Hutchins. And I'm Brian Farr. And over the next 13 weeks, we will be introducing you to some really terrific authors and coaches and experts to talk about money in your life, money and its influence in your life. And uh, I'm going to turn it over to Brian to tell you a little bit about what September is looking like in particular. Well, we've got uh, three different people lined up. We've got Kate Levinson. She has a recent book out called Emotional Currency. Uh, then the following week is Luna Jaffe, and Luna's book is uh, Wild Money. She kind of takes the uh, takes the limitations off and looks at new ways of, of being in relationship with money from an investment manager's perspective. She is an investment manager, and and the the last week of the month, um, I'm remembering- Richard Wilson. Yeah, yes. Richard Wilson, who has written a book called The Family Office Book. Richard deals uh, primarily with uh, family offices, family of wealth, and has a really interesting perspective on families and how they talk about money and plan for the next generation in all areas of their lives. In terms of, of communication, that's one of the things that you're going to hear Anne and I and our guests speaking about quite a bit, that this, the communication around money is, seems to be, in my work, that's what I find, that, that it's hard to get those conversations started. Uh, many times it's difficult. Sometimes it's hard to, to keep them sustained and keep connected with the person that's important to you to talk about, uh, about this topic. So we're going to practice that. Practice is probably the long, wrong term. We're going to open up possibilities for how you can do that better. Absolutely. And to start off the conversation, Brian, why don't you tell us how you came to financial coaching? Well, I was a partner in an investment management firm in the mid-1990s. And in that capacity, um, I had the opportunity to see where communication was not occurring. Um, I also, I was young enough still at that time that I believed people who had, I probably had an imaginary number in my head, but people who had a certain amount of money that they weren't going to have to worry about the same problems that the rest of us had to worry about. Well, when I was in the investment management business, I had an opportunity to work very closely with some of those people, and I realized they had the same problems. They just had more zeros after their uh, their total in the account. And so for me, it was a bit of an awakening to realize that what needed to occur required more skills than just a better rate of return on the money. Uh, and at that point, and I've told you this story, I made the decision. I asked my partners to buy me out, and I went back to uh, – I got a graduate degree in counseling psychology so I could develop counseling skills and bring that back into the conversation around finances. And uh, I've been doing this work in uh, – I guess it's now since 2002, uh, and working as a financial coach and a financial therapist in private practice since 2004. That's really great. And, you know, one of the things we neglected to mention was that uh, this is a show about the conversation around money. We don't give financial advice and we don't endorse any products. And that's really important because this we're we're very keen about staying being independent and opening up the conversation in a really different maybe a different and fresh way mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And how about if you tell us tell us a little bit about how you came to this program? Well, I was uh, also an investment manager. I worked with institutions, large institutions, as a both as a securities analyst and portfolio manager. And one of the things that uh, which I really enjoyed was work that I really really enjoyed. And when I left that work. One of the things that kept coming back to me was how difficult, and one of the things that I kept seeing was how difficult it is for people to talk about money. And I was noticing it particularly with parents and kids and how, and seeing how when a lot of times people reach young adulthood before any kind of conversation about money and thinking about a long term and having and how money and thinking about how money serves you can come about and i just think i'm all about financial literacy i think that having people know and have skills around the questions that they need to ask around money is really important. If if I remember right, Anne, you've done some work in the schools around financial literacy. I have. I have. Here in California where I live, we have a, a terrific program called Partners in Education. I'll give them a plug, <laughs> even though I'm independent. But they, we co-developed. I worked with them in a volunteer capacity to develop a program that is used in the high schools by teachers around financial literacy. There are three lessons around, one's around buying a car, one's around credit, and one is around budgeting. Mm. And those are, it's just, again, it's opening the conversation and having people realize, especially, I believe that you can't start talking to kids too early or too often about money and not so much about the dollars and cents, but about the choices that money gives you. It's It's been a recurring theme in the work that I've done with people over the years. One of the things I like to do is, is what I call a simple money history. And I'll just ask some questions like, what was it? Uh, what were conversations around money like in your family? And so many people say, "Oh, mom and dad never talked about money in front of us." Mm-hmm. And so, when when you speak about uh, the child, the uh, stuff, financial literacy in schools, a lot of people arrive in adulthood without conversations on money, around money in their background. The parents did it down the hall or when they were away from the kids, and so kids get to adulthood and they're trying to make it up on their own. Well, or they have a money story that they've carried, because I use a similar exercise. They have a money story that they've carried with them since they were kids that doesn't really apply. And in today's environment, there are so many more choices that individuals need to make around money. And there's really great marketing. That's the good news and the bad news Mm -hmm. around those. And the question is, how do you make those choices? Well, you make those choices based on what works for you. But there's there are not enough conversations about figuring out what works for you. And that's what Brian and I will hopefully bring you with some of the people that we're talking about, mm-hmm. talking with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The guests that we've had when uh, Ann and I made the decision to do the show, it was the uh, beginning of the summer, May and June. And we sat down and quickly came up with a long list of people we wanted to uh, invite. There are, there are interesting people out there who are looking at the conversation around money in new ways. I remember when I was in the investment management business and even before then, it seemed to me that most of the conversations around money quickly got focused on how can I get more? It was just an assumption that if the topic is money, the answer is let's get more money and then things will be better. Right. And and I don't want to be Pollyannish. There, there's certainly there, – there's absolute thresholds. The studies on happiness shows where that threshold is that, that we need to have our basic needs met and that requires, that requires cash flow. That requires income. But those same studies, it's very interesting. Above – I forget off the top of my head because there's been a number of them. It's around 50 $50,000. The return on happiness, the, the, the increase in happiness that occurs at $100,000 or $150,000 or $200,000 income does not, it was surprising at how much 
the the increased money did not just directly correlate to increased happiness. And that's the part that I was seeing when I was in the business on that side of the business. And it's how can we use the money in our life to really develop our potential? How can we increase the quality of our life with the money that we have? rather than keep wishing for more and, and dreaming that our lives will be better when or our lives would be better if, rather than that to say, this is what we have. How can we most effectively work with it? Well, exactly. And it's really, it's almost, it's stepping back. What you're talking about is really stepping back and saying, how, what is important to me? How is by spending now serving what is important to me? And looking at how the, the money is serving you. Yes. If it's important to spend time with your family, how are you doing that? Are you, mm-hmm. are you always working? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. not spending mm-hmm. time with your family. So mm-hmm. those are the kinds of things that, that we'll be talking about and opening up the conversation and talking about particular tools. I mean, Brian, you and I have talked about this the, the challenge for a lot of families and, and individuals now is time, right? Yes, don't have sure time. is your time. Exactly. So if you or I say to one of our clients, well, what about having a family meeting? What is the typical answer? We don't have time. Right, right. right? Exactly. Right. That just it's it's to be to be able to show up for the conversation is one of the real challenges. If it's uh, I have some colleagues who refer to it as a money huddle when it's in terms of a uh, when it's a family and they're talking with each other. But also I know with individuals and, and before I got married. It is so easy to get caught up in the day-to-day activities of life and not just take that hour or two on a quiet weekend morning or on a weekday evening when we're not too tired and say, okay, how do these pieces actually fit together? Am Am I living my life in a way that expresses my values or am I chasing dollars, hoping to get more dollars so I can do something in the future and just surviving today? Yeah. That's not a fun place to live. Well, it's not a fun place to live, but it's also, you know, in today's world, there is such, again, we go back to the, the number of choices. And part of what what you and I do and we talk about is sorting out the responsibility. So what I can take an hour or two, but if I'm not getting, if I don't have the right advisor or if I haven't made, if I don't know how to make a choice, say in my 401k among the 20 different funds that I have, how will I know if money is serving me? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like we get caught up in a blizzard of choices. Exactly. Uh, uh, and it's difficult to find the time or the presence of mind or an ally, somebody else who can step back with us and say, what's the larger picture here? What's yeah. the what's the overarching uh, values that, that are important to you in your life? We keep throwing that word values out, and I think it's kind of a a lofty word. It's just it's it comes down to what's what's most important, and is that happening? Uh, yeah. That that's it, and it's easy to get distracted with that. Yeah, you use the word that that's one of my favorite words that I like to talk about is responsibility. Uh, I learned early on to be careful using that because I could see people kind of tense up, and it was like uh, you're not being responsible. Was you know ah. I think some some people get that as kids, but if you unpack that word, responsible is to be able to respond. Yes. And that's the piece, that's the piece that, that's part of my passion as to why I wanted to do this radio program is to help people get more understanding about where they can choose, how they can respond differently or where those things are working well for them. And lots of people have many, many things that are working well for them around their money to be clear that that's what it is. It's working well and I want to protect it. I want to make sure I don't lose that thread. Yeah, thank you for unpacking that because the you're right. Responsibility can be a judgment, yes. and the, the our key and our conversation has all been about having no judgment, having mm-hmm. no judgment about about there. There are no shoulds in this, and I'm not 
personally a subscriber to the what what I call the latte factor of of budgeting for example you can't have a latte because over time you're overspending oh. and you could have <laughs> saved that money again now if you if you want to have a latte that's great but just understand the choice that you're making when you're spending $5 on a cup of coffee you you can't spend that money somewhere else but but it's okay if if you want to have a latte. That's great. <laughs> that's very good. If if there's a sense of deprivation, uh, it, it's gonna it's it's very hard to sustain. Uh, Absolutely, it, it's like that kids game elephant. Do you know about no, that? No, I don't know that one. There's a kids game where you tell kids not to think about an elephant for the next five minutes. Well, <laughs> of course, that's all you can think about. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So in order to have, I think our 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 message is in order to have a sustainable plan, it has to be something that works for you. Right. Right. We need to have discernment. We need to be able to to get a clear picture of what our 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 reality is around money. How much money's coming in and how much money's going out. And then rather than using judgment, I agree with you so much. When 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 heavy handed and a lot of times it's stuff that comes you know from the from the addict in our brain and tells us we shouldn't do this or shouldn't do that. That's the kind of thing there's going to be a backlash to. But if we can move into the realm of discernment. What's working for me? What's what's sustainable here? That's when I have seen and I've experienced the the, the really successful relationships with money that that I've been able to work with folks around that. They have a they've developed the capacity for discernment around their finances. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we're going to have to take a break here, but when we come back, we will be continuing this conversation and we'd love to have callers call in. Uh, our listener line is 866-472-5790 or you can email us at moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. You're listening to Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins at Money in Your Life. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Do you have financial goals for yourself? Do you want to be smart with money in all areas of your life? If you're ready to become more effective with your personal finances, then you might be ready to hire a financial coach. Since 2002, Brian Farr has helped hundreds of people improve their relationship with money. He's unbiased, honest, and approachable. If you'd like to learn more about financial coaching, visit Brian's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.brianhfar.com. The goal of financial coaching is to open up the conversation around money with your spouse, your children, or your extended family. Ann Hutchins works with individuals, families, and financial professionals to improve relationships with money. Her work with clients is confidential, honest, and fun. Visit Ann's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.abhutchins.com. That's abhutchins.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll-free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Money in Your Life with Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. To reach our program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. Ann Hutchins and Brian Farr, and we've been talking about opening up the conversation about money. And we are going to continue a little bit on the conversation and then take calls. So, Brian, I think you had a story about a conversation. 
Well, I think that one of the things we wanted to do in our first show was was invite callers to just let's start this off by asking what works for you? What's been successful in your attempts to have conversations with important people in your life? And I'm also wanting to add the conversation with yourself. How do you pull yourself into this frame of mind where you go, okay, what's really going on? And along those lines, it, it's been a number of years ago that um, I had the opportunity to work with a wonderful couple. But when they came in, they had gotten themselves just kind of stuck, and they knew it. Um, the, it's part of what made them a wonderful couple to work with is they were had some self-awareness. And the triggering event for them had come a couple years before, and it's when they went from being a two-income family to a one-income family. Children had arrived. She worked part-time for a bit, and it was a family that decided that he was going to work, continue to work. He had the higher-paying job, and she was working at the home then without an income. And so that triggered a need to cut back on how much they were spending. And in the course of that, they just got tired. It wore them down. And um, so it was a, a process of working with them to give them a framework where they could see more clearly how much money they had available. Then they were able to fire up their partnership. They were good partners in, in other areas of their life. But in this one, they needed the clarity around their finances. Then they could move forward and make decisions. And and I'll finish this little story with saying after about a month or something, uh, one of them said to me, I think it was he who said, Said, I need to tell you that we haven't had a fight about money since the beginning of this process. And uh, it was because they had a framework. They had a framework now to talk about yeah. money, and they were yeah. actually sitting down and doing it rather than having it in silence in the background. Yeah. Well, that's, that is really terrific. That is really mm -hmm. terrific. It was fun. It was a fun awareness for me to see it so clearly. It was one of yeah. my poster child kind of oppor uh, opportunities that it's like, wow, this stuff really does work. When people have the clarity to take that debt time and, and get to some resolution around it, it does have a difference. That's great. That's great. Well, callers, we'd love to hear from you about what works and also about where you're stuck. Give yeah. us a call. We have a call from David in Oregon. David? Good morning. Good morning. Hi, this is David. You have, you, uh, you have, you have money your in your life. Thus far. You have money in your life. Okay, great. Um, I, uh, what piqued my interest was, uh, and you mentioned uh, your work with kids uh, in financial literacy. As yeah. a parent of uh, four kids, two stepkids and two kids of my own, ages eight to 18 to 26, uh, I'm struggling with uh, discernment in regards to when do uh, boundaries, financial boundaries with kids as to what, what age is appropriate for them to start taking uh, full responsibility, and I put in parentheses full, but just even responsibility, financial responsibility for themselves as they move into uh, adulthood. Um, and a little background to that question is... Uh, um, two, two, my two sons recently graduated college and, uh, are struggling with how much financial support should I give them as they transition into, uh, their own lives? Great question. Brian, uh, do you want to start it off? That's definitely a, uh, that is such a, um, uh, first off, David, thanks for calling in this morning. And uh -huh. that question, that question is one that so many people are facing, particularly since 2008, 2009, that, that kids coming out of college, uh, have really had a difficult time, high unemployment rates for the, for the 20 somethings. Um, so it's, it's, it's a, uh, I won't, I won't go as far as say universal, but it's certainly a large issue. Um, so my sense on this one is that, that I'm going to sound like a broken record, I'm afraid, is, is sitting down and finding out what needs and expectations are for both, for both you as the parent and for them as, as the children, uh, or as the child, if you do it individually, um, you know, to, to, to explore that. So then there's a creativity that each of you, that, that each of your children have and that you have. And what can you do in this conversation to help release that creativity? 
if it just gets reduced down to how much money they need and how much money I have, then it's like a battle zone. But if you can get a larger context around it into what is it, what are the larger things you need in your life, and here's what the here's what we have available, that might serve to make it a more um, uh, productive conversation and, and avoid some of the pitfalls of getting stuck head to head on there's not enough to go around. What are your yeah, the, thoughts, Anne? Well, the other thing that, thank you, David, this is a call that we could spend probably about three weeks on, but <laughs> the, it's a really great question. The, the thing because we, our time is short, but what I would uh, suggest or what I would ask is, say, in addition to what Brian has said, is the important thing is recognizing where they are in adulthood. And I had a, uh, a colleague who was in the process of deciding his daughter was going to college. And there was only a certain amount of money that they could afford. And they... They sat down with her and worked out. They said, here's the, here's what you have for college. How, you know, make a plan and come back to us and we'll figure it out. Now I'm simplifying this. There's a lot more to it, but the, the whole point was that they, they involved her in the conversation and they gave her the responsibility of coming up with the plan. So what Brian said is exactly is similar is what, how do they need to live? What are needs and wants? And then how do they, how do you figure out what's a sustainable plan for them? Give them some runway. So you may be, you may say, well, okay, so I'll give you X for a certain number of, a certain amount of time and really hold to those conversations and keep having the conversations because I'm guessing that this is probably a new conversation for you to have with your sons. Is that right? Both the boys have graduated now and we, you know, we had the conversations around college and what, uh, what I was willing and able to contribute and what their part would be. And that, that seemed to go, okay. I mean, they've graduated um, and uh, we're on to the next phase. Great. My struggle right now is quite frankly, a sense of what I perceive to be entitlement that, uh, you know, it's, they've got to get up, get, get out of bed in the morning, look for a job, eventually find one and start to pave their own way in life. And when I look around at, uh, uh, parents of kids similar age, there's there's almost what I perceive to be a, a buffering or a coddling, and 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 kids are not being um, sort of nudged into the next stage of life to take responsibility for themselves. And yeah, uh, so so that's so, yeah, a conversation. The, the conversation. That's a that's a conversation beyond money, isn't it? For sure, it's it goes into you know, the discernment between what's enabling and what's, what's supporting. And, yeah. uh, that's, that's really hard. You know, that's just, that's a struggle. I've never, never been at this stage in my life, nor have they. So well, it, uh, the other, the other thought that I would have about it is that it's again, this conversation about responsibility, it's sorting out the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to, to be able to respond type of responsibility. Exactly. That, that I'm wondering, David, is when you said that you'd had successful conversations, you felt they went well regarding college of what you were able and willing to provide, what they were responsible for. Do you feel that there's a similar kind of conversation that's occurring now that they're at the next stage, that they're in the post-college era of their life? Um, I would say no. We um, There's been sort of it's been a one-way conversation for the most part on my part. Um, so this is helpful for me to remember that it's a two-way street. Um, mm-hmm. the, the ability to respond <laughs> means yeah. that there is a give and take and, and a conversation um, where it's been sort of, uh, I've been approaching it more as a, uh, okay, I've done my part. Um, time for you to pick up your own slack now. Um, mm-hmm. And it's been a one-way. It's been a, sort of a one-way conversation. You know? So I, I think that the, that there's a point here. I think when the kids are younger, when they're be just starting college or before they get into college, typically they're living in the, in the household, mm-hmm. and then they mm-hmm. they get to college and they're coming back and forth 
on college breaks or visits are happening. So there's opportunity for those face-to-face conversations. And I think this is one of the challenges for the post-college era is that there's not a structured opportunity to have those conversations. So it's typically the parent needs to take a bit more initiative in structuring the how that conversation is going to occur, whether it's it's a Skype or FaceTime. I think that that's a technique that's really good because then you get the the advantage of face to of, of visual and it's not just voice. Um, but whatever it is that that, that 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 to create, you you had something that worked beforehand. You've had conversations around money that were very important that were successful during the college years. Can you recreate some of those? Uh, circumstances, can you recreate a similar container for the conversations you're wanting to have now? That'd be the question I think that I'd ask you. Yeah, and uh, the other thing is to take it forward because they're at a different stage. Transitions are always tough, right? Okay. And and David's in a transition. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you very much for your call, David. Yeah, thanks very much. And I would encourage anyone else who would, uh, who is out there and has an issue around what's been successful, uh, and where, where, where might be a place that that there's a bit of a stuckness around this conversation with finances. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, we have another caller. It looks like Tyler from Washington. Hi. Hi, Tyler. How are you? You have, you have money in your life. I sure do, and um, I appreciate your time. And you know, you talk, you asked about what works, and one of the things that's worked for us is uh, we have a three and a five year old, and I think we've really started some of these conversations very early. Um, and in fact, um, you know, our our kids. Um, I don't know if this is helpful for others or not, but it, you know, in our house. Our kids have uh, a established set of chores that if they do them, they make some money. And, um, you know, our, our four-year-old bought his first bike with his own money. Um, and to me, that was just amazing. My wife, my wife, it was my wife's idea, I have to say. Um, I grew up in a, in a household where we had different attitudes toward money, but, um, but the, I thought that was uh, really neat that my four-year-old bought his own bike. And so I would say that as far as what works, it seems to to work well to start very young having some of these conversations and saying to our kids, do you want to spend the money on this or that, or do you want to keep the money until you decide what you want to do with it and kind of let them choose from a very early time um, so that it just becomes kind of a habit. Uh, now, that is fascinating. Yeah, it's really great, and it's about more than the money. It's about the conversation, right? So you learn what their interests are, and you you give them a framework. Absolutely, I think so. And um, I think in terms of something that's more of a I'm stuck, I think I struggle a little bit with the over uh, the uh, the feeling of being overwhelmed by all the choices of what to do with my money. Yeah. Um, not just in terms of everyday spending. I think earlier you mentioned the latte things and, you know, I'm, I maybe don't worry as much about that. That's not my, uh, quotes in, but, but just thinking about where I can save money for retirement, where I can save money for my kids, uh, college perhaps, or other things, it just seems like there are so many options and so many different people who will advise you in, uh, to, to take one road or another. How do you even begin to sort through all of the information that's on the Internet and all the advisors who are, who are in the media telling you what to do with your money and, uh, you know, kind of get to a place of comfort and peace with knowing you're, you're doing the best you can? Yeah, it's that blizzard that Brian was talking about. Yeah. That blizzard of information. You know, we talk about values, and I'll uh, turn it over to Brian in just a minute, but we talk about values and really standing firm on what is important to you, 
instead of being letting yourself be influenced by all the externals is the place that we start that I start with my clients. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I think that. W- a story from my own life. When I was in my 20s, I worked on the trading floor in Chicago. Uh, I started off as a clerk in the, in the agriculture markets, and then I moved over to the financial markets. We had information coming in on all four walls. There was more data pouring onto that, that trading floor than I have ever seen anywhere in my life. Right. And I realized it took me a while, took me six months or a year, to sort out the three or four pieces of key information that I needed to keep my eye on and literally train myself not to be bouncing around amongst the other, I don't know, there must have been 6,000 pieces of data up on those four walls. Um, and so I think that, 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 Tyler, the question you're asking is, is a really critical one. How do you sort out which are the three or four most important things to keep your eye on and then tune out the rest and not in a brick wall kind of way, because sometimes information comes in from that other thing, and so to to be able to receive it, but to remember, okay, I've got my four things that I keep my eye on, and they're the, they're the the most important. And I think in personal finances, it, it's like Anna saying, it starts with what is your objective. Like you had said, money aside for retirement, money aside for kids' kids' education. So if you keep that in mind, then it's okay. How can I most effectively get to those results? And and by holding that as your objective, then you can start winnowing out the stuff that's not really serving you well, uh, and narrow it down to how you can do it. And cool. and and I also think Tyler part of your question is there there are a lot of people who will advise you and when you stand in those values and the and have the focus you will find somebody or a team it's really yes. important to have a good team that will support you in that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great the- that's a great point Ann. go ahead Tyler excuse me for interrupting no, that's fine. I was going to say this is uh, really timely because I think we're going to be having some conversations here toward the year end about how to how to do some things. And I love this as just a starting point for you know let's sit down and talk about what are the priorities right now for us. And um, you know rather than trying to say we want to do everything and we want to do it now, let's, mm-hmm. just, let's just start there. I mean, I would I would apply that approach with with almost any other aspect of my work or. Or daily Absolutely. life, so why not do it here? So. Yeah. yeah, and that's the irony, isn't it? There's the irony. This is what the whole conversation around money is about. We apply these decisions to many other areas of our lives, but not around money. So let's start doing that. Mm-hmm. And then Thank the, the so flip side's the flip side is also to as we become more skillful in applying these techniques, this kind of awareness around money, then it's easier to, to do it in the other areas of our life. That's what I've found again and again. Absolutely. Tyler, thank you so much for your call. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. You're listening to Money in Your Life with Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. We have to take a break right now, but we will be back, and we look forward to answering more of your questions, talking to you with more of your questions. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. The goal of financial coaching is to open up the conversation around money with your spouse, your children, or your extended family. Anne Hutchins works with individuals, families, and financial professionals to improve relationships with money. Her work with clients is confidential, honest, and fun. Visit Anne's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.abhutchins.com. That's abhutchins.com. Do you have financial goals for yourself? Do you want to be smart with money in all areas of your life? If you're ready to become more effective with your personal finances, then you might be ready to hire a financial coach. Since 2002, Brian Farr has helped hundreds of people improve their relationship with money. He's unbiased, honest, and approachable. 
If you'd like to learn more about financial coaching, visit Brian's website and schedule a free 15-minute consultation at www.brianhbar.com. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Listening to Money in Your Life with Brian Farr and Ann Hutchins. To reach our program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. We've got Ann Hutchins and Brian Farr. And uh, we have another caller. We have Laura, who is calling us from Oregon. Hello. Hello, Laura. You have money in your life. Thank you. Um, I wanted to just respond a little bit to the question about what works. And um, having found the time to have business meetings with my husband about money, uh, it's I found that it's just completely worth it. Um, and I only found that from trying it the other way, by not talking about it and not having any sort of uh, discerned time to talk about it. Uh, and what, I, what, what I used to do was uh, have panicky thoughts about money and then interrupt him while he was brushing his teeth or something. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you for your honesty. This Haven't we all done that? Honey, when you're going out the door, those those just didn't work quite as well. And even though it's a little bit, um, sometimes it's difficult to make the time or to have the willingness to do it. But um, and we we both really find that that. And, and if we haven't done it for a while, they go a bit longer. There, there are plenty of issues to talk about. And uh, if we're keeping up with it, if we're, we try to schedule them about once a month, and when we're keeping up with it, it just things just work so much more smoothly. We get on the same page. I can think about the kind of things I want to talk about, and so can he. And we can just both bring them in to this designated time where it's a lot calmer and we're kind of both ready to have that conversation. It's just really improved things a lot. It's, um, yeah, so, 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 I, so I, I've found that making the time is really worth it. So, Laura, do you set, is, do you set it up like a business meeting? I'm curious. Yeah, actually, uh, well, we, we actually start, I don't know if you, you might be familiar with the serenity prayer. Uh, uh-huh. we, we do start with that to grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. There's plenty okay. of all of that, usually, in any in any discussion about money. So so that's, it, it does... Uh, so you set a, a tone. Do you have an agenda? We do. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about uh, old business. Um, we'll talk about new business. We usually have a... a, a, a a spending report. Whenever we have a, a collection of our numbers for the month, whatever spending we've been doing, um, and whatever income there is, and we we look at what that is, and we have categories for our spending that are that are set, and we usually take the time to see if that's the direction we want to go month to month. Great, boy, that's this great. is fascinating. That that just to me is is so that that you found a way to um, be in alignment with your husband around the topic of money. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to, yeah. to get the two of you into alignment of, of working as partners, working as financial partners. That's what I'm hearing you describe. Yeah, we have, we have his, hers, and ours accounts. And so mm-hmm. our, our, our business meetings tend to be about the, the joint account and uh, how, just how we want to allocate for that each time. That's primarily what we talk about. But of course, it ends up being about these decisions about our life and what we value. So do we want to go on vacation? Do we want to, are we going to 
visit family, um, go on uh, go on a retreat or, or things like that. That's, that's where mm-hmm. we make these decisions. Mm-hmm. So it, it allows you, by getting together on a regular basis, you, you obviously have the benefits of keeping sorted out on the particulars of the finances, but it sounds like it, it also gives you the opportunity to have these conversations. What's important? Where are we going to spend our time, not just our money? That's exactly where, where it ends up going. That's exactly yeah. where it ends up going. Yeah. yeah. So let me ask a mundane question that's underneath this. Do you find that it's difficult getting these meetings into your schedules? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how do you yes, work with do. that part of it? How do you um, find the, the time zone to, to make these meetings happen? Well, it usually happens when it uh, when we can't stand it anymore. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's really noticeable. It's sort of like once you start doing it, it's kind of like brushing your teeth. And then you really notice it when you don't do it. Um, <laughs> and then everybody around you starts noticing. Um, so so it often is inspired when we become kind of uncomfortable. Um, but uh, we, we both know that things work better so we'll usually just break out our calendars and we've got the you know it's all on the phone or, or various computers and things like that and try to find a day usually on a weekend um, when we have just a couple hours to to just sit down and look at it and it often requires a little bit of preparation too so that you'd want to sometimes schedule it out a, a, an additional month or so to give ourselves time to make sure we've got all the numbers current and kind of mm-hmm. where we're going. Okay. That's great. And yeah, what, what's, what have you noticed the most? What's been the biggest shift since you've been having these meetings? Um, there is just less anxiety. There's less anxiety in our relationship about money. Um, and it may sometimes come out in the meetings that, that the things that we're worried about or, or concerned about, um, but just having the room to talk about them. The thing I really notice is at the end, there really is just a, a sigh of relief. Even if we haven't gotten it all figured out in one meeting, um, there is just a, 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 a definite relief in knowing that we've at least uh, opened up the conversation, we've at least talked about it and gotten it going, and... Um, you know, we're, we're still going to, and, and we reschedule the next meeting, ideally, at the end. Mm-hmm. It's another good mm-hmm. trick. Yeah. That's great. Oh, Laura, thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thanks very much. Yeah, thank you. thank you for your call. I think we have time for one more call, and we have Bob from Oregon. Is Bob Hello. there? Hi, Bob. Hi. You have money in your life. Thanks for uh, having me on. Um, I, You know, I'm... I've been doing some reading around this, and this is a wonderful topic. I'm so glad that you're out there doing this work because I think it's hugely needed. Um, I, I've read somewhere that um, in terms of socioeconomic status, um, that folks tend to stay within the status they grew up in. And I've noticed that in my life and other people's lives that I've known where they get to a certain point of success and a certain point of making a certain amount of money, and they do things to kind of self-sabotage. Huh. Um, and I know, I'm wondering if you've experienced that, or people who um, struggle with maybe making more money than their than their parents, um, or what it means to have success, and how you know how that affects your relationships with other family members, and the things we do to avoid that, and that even comes to sabotaging ourselves so that we don't reach the level of financial success that we could. Uh, Brian, have you had experience? Because yeah. I have a couple, but you go mm-hmm. ahead. Yes, yes, thanks. That's um it's an interesting topic, Bob. It's a, it's a um I do run into it. I I find myself aware of it. Um it, I can say both personally, but a lot of it is just in my professional work that there is something. There does seem to be uh, there's the aspect of it of a ceiling of of getting outside of our comfort zone, whether it's to the top side, which we're not so comfortable, we're not as familiar with. Certainly with the bottom side, different people will say, "I am not going to do this. This is this is so important to me that I'm not willing to you know to fall down below this." And 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 but on the upside, the question that you're raising. Um, there's some literature out there, a couple of different books. Uh, Limbo 
is the one that's uh, white collar, blue collar roots, and white collar dreams. Um, and, and he talks about how bumping up against that ceiling, uh, he didn't even realize that it was a ceiling there until he'd been bumping up against it for a while. And then he goes out, I think he interviews 60 or 80 people in that, and it's got a lot of uh, a good material in exploring it. I don't think that I have one particular answer because it's such a unique, um, it's so personal. It's so personal. So I guess the answer I would, I would share is to invite people to go ahead and realize, oh, this might be what I'm bumping up against, and then get curious about it, start exploring it, noticing it. Yeah, I would. Uh, the, this is really a great question, Bob. And one, I want to go back to what we talked about initially, which was the money story, exploration of your money story. This is a way to bring your money story forward because what I see is people working with an old story. Mm-hmm. That's a good point, Anne. This is another form of the old story because the the socioeconomic strata that we grow up in. There's a whole story around who we are and what we do and what we don't do. Um, and so it needs to be expanded when somebody is, uh, is able to, you know, their, their job, their skill set allows them to move on up. Uh, and then they don't end up in that self-sabotaging thing like you mentioned. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Bob, thank you for your call. Well, thank you. That's yes, thanks, really Bob. Terrific. Yeah. Let me go over here and check the uh, uh, money in your life radio at gmail.com. We haven't had any uh, emails coming in yet this morning, but in future shows, I would encourage people, and even if you have thoughts after today's show, uh, after we sign off here in another five, I'm not following the clock right now, but after we sign off, if you have some thoughts, some follow-up thoughts, please, please put them into an email, money in your life radio at gmail.com, and then we will either get back to you through the email or talk about it next week when we come back. Absolutely. Brian, do you want to talk about next week when we come back? That's a good point. Next week, it's Kate Levinson. Uh, She's written a book called Emotional Currency. She is uh, in the Bay Area, and she works with individuals and couples dealing with money from a psychological perspective. So it's a similar kind of thing that we've that uh, that I have spoken about earlier. It's bringing counseling skills and a psychological awareness to these conversations around money. Uh, and she's I've I've uh, had the opportunity to be on the line with Dr. Levinson before, and she's a uh, she's a very engaging, and she's certainly got the uh, wisdom uh, and uh, life experience and professional experience to talk about this topic. So we look forward to meeting with her next week on our show. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Brian. And thanks to all. And I would echo what Brian said. If you have questions or if you have thoughts or things that have worked for you around money, opening up the conversation, please, we want to hear from you at uh, moneyinyourliferadio at gmail.com or tune in next week and give us a call. We'd love to hear your questions always. So you have been listening to Ann Hutchins. And Brian Farr. And this is Money in Your Life. And thank you very much. Thank you for making Money in Your Life part of your financial plan this week. Please join your hosts, Ann Hutchins and Brian Farr, again next Friday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.